Well, let's learn a little bit more about how to fix the world now with uh, Dr. Claudius van Weck. Claudius, we've had some interesting emails in the week, um, touching base with Don Beck, uh, a man who you mentioned last week when we had this conversation. Yes, that's right. You know, I met Dr. Beck down in Botswana in South Africa in the in the late 80s when uh, they were first introducing the whole model of emergent adult values and the organization that we were working down there looked at that to see what contribution that could make um, to the evolution of what they were producing in BOP at the time. It used to be known as BOP under, under Lucas Mangope. Uh, we also had people like Clem Sunter coming down to give his vision. You'll remember they spoke about the high road and the low road. And, uh, but Don Beck made a very powerful impression there because the model that he offered of spiral dynamics uh, is so practical once you get to grips with it. It is such a guide in respect of where people, how people are thinking about their challenges, how they're responding to their challenges, the cultures that bind people together in their view of the world, and guiding us how to engage and possibly support transformation. So it feels to me as though this is the place that South Africa, for example, can go back to now to say, what have we learned and uh, how can we progress with this, Alec? It was interesting that he told us uh, that I think we, we thought he'd been to South Africa maybe a dozen times. He said he'd been there 65 times uh, in emails yeah. that he engaged with us on. And, and in fact, we're going to have an interview with him next week to get uh, more of his thoughts on on perhaps what the new South Africa or South Africa today could benefit from all the work that he put in at that time. Uh, but why, why do you think it went off track? Because it appeared to, to uh, the new South Africa appeared to go really nicely. And then things, uh, well, certainly today, we, uh, they're disappointing compared with where we might have thought to be. Yes, you had a, a power shift in the ANC, I would say, Alec. Uh, you know, if you look at the biopsychosocial model, uh, we spoke about levels. We spoke about level two being the tribally focused, level three being the ego focused, the hedonistic power seeking, level four being the focus where it becomes more disciplined, uh, more systematized, more structured, level five being the more progress orientated and entrepreneurial focus. And then I just mentioned in passing level six, which has got that focus on humanitarian values, on the dignity of the individual, the dignity of persons. And it seems to me that with the deep quality of reflection that Mandela had with all of those years that he was incarcerated, and with the vision that he developed of being able to engage with people at all levels, when he, when he came out and led South Africa, he had that view of, he had that level six view, that deep humanitarian view. And with that view, he was able to initiate reconciliation, support the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and endeavor to bring people together. Um, so his, his value system that had evolved through his lifetime, and which was really... Uh, it, it uh, revealed his character, was available to leadership in South Africa. When he stepped down and he handed over to Thabo um, a different set of dynamics emerged. 
and the space that he held and that Tutu held, that space was weakened in the governance structures in South Africa. And you will remember that was the time when when de Klerk pulled out of that uh, power-sharing deal that they had because it wasn't working anymore. And so Mandela was holding something which it seemed that the, the rest of the new uh, people in governments didn't quite understand. And uh, our challenge would be how we can bring that awareness back to others who are in leadership positions in South Africa to actually understand the nature and structures and to develop strategies how to engage with that, Alec. Mm. When you have a look at uh, social media and um, the comments that are uh, offered uh, from various parts of the spectrum, Mandela is is not regarded uh, in the same light by many in South Africa today as uh, as you clearly uh, the esteem with which you clearly hold him and and naturally people around the world. Why do you think that is? Why 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 have we have we seen this movement towards a uh, blaming uh, Nelson Mandela for not sorting the whites out um, as it were and not doing. Um, or, or f- for not fulfilling the uh, promise of the revolution? Yes, this is, this is such an interesting question, Alex. You know, Alex, last night, just by the way, I listened to an interview where Trevor Noah was interviewing Barack Obama. And Trevor Noah was challenging Barack Obama on why didn't you speak more forthrightly on the issue of race? Why did you go to the diplomatic route? And Obama's response was very thoughtful. He said, my engagement with people is always based on trust that in the person I'm engaging with, there's a higher potential value. There is a higher quality of sensitivity. And if it's there, I want to be able to, get, able to engage with that. So I think Barack Obama exemplified this as Mandela exemplified that. Now, if you look at the value systems, and we spoke about the tribal value system, the level two, that is really focused on the group, the self-identified group, and demanding their rights and, and, and looking for their security. If we look at the level three, that's really focused on the ego, on this emerging sense of personality, which wants to be satisfied through power and pleasure and being able to play the game to have the goodies. When we focus on level four, level four is really what is the right thing to do? It's about justice, it's about the rules, and the, the weighting of the value system in the largest section of the South African population actually straddles the level two tribal and the level three ego-driven hedonistic. The, the value system that it wants to go to, which is the level four structured and disciplined, that was represented in the psyche of the broad South African nation as having been co-opted by the apartheid regime. And so laws and disciplines and structures and uh, adhering to the system, your institutions of government were all discredited as a consequence of the apartheid legacy. And, and that would then, it, it almost became seeped into the culture of the broad population that the system is there, it doesn't serve us, the system therefore wants to be exploited. Mm. Now, because your, 
because your um, the the previously disadvantaged were the ones that apparently exploited that system, there is a feeling of justice is not being done. There's a feeling of resentment, and there's a feeling of uh, you know as it's been expressed, radical economic transformation, the the whole idea of white monopoly, a uh, white monopoly capital. All of that is rooted in justice has not been done, we haven't had an opportunity to get our piece of the pie, and what it wants to show is, as a friend of mine says, you can't actually, the problem is not the past. The problem might have originated in the past, but it can't be addressed in the past. The problem is the future. And how we address the future is by the very actions that we're taking right now, and the, and the, I think what the DA is trying to achieve in South Africa, for example, is they're saying, let's see if we can, if we can represent that original ideal that the, that the ANC under Albert Lutuli um, had, and that was a multiracial, diverse uh, a, a, a nation that is, that is finding its way on the basis of, of deep respect for each other, irrespective of culture. In fact, Albert Tully had, uh, had deep insights into the holistic model that we've been discussing. Mm. And so I think the DA is trying to position itself where the ANC was. The ANC has always been captured um, by the tribal power elements that haven't yet been able to go to the place where the need to establish institutions that are reliable, that people can have faith in, will provide a new basis, a new foundation for a entrepreneurship that can enable all to share in the wealth. It's, it's such a shift to focus. And it's, I'm not sure that I'm making my point clear, but it's a very good point that you, that you are probing there, Alec. But is there any way of leapfrogging this? So, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, there is a space in every human psyche where the deep humanity that binds us uh, can be accessed irrespective of our views and of our perspectives. Some people would call that a spiritual space. So if we take a look at the various value systems from level one through to level eight, and we've only just skimmed over those, each one of those value systems can have a three functions, three psychological functions. And the one would be the integrated holistic function. The other one would be an exaggerated ego function, which would be characterized by, by aggression and defensiveness. And the other one would be a kind of undermining function, which would be characterized by a kind of passive resistance. So you could find a very healthy function for the tribal, which is really focused on how do, we, how do we support the community. We could find a very healthy function for the evolution of the ego. How do I actually assert myself? And how do I actually articulate what I want and direct my efforts to getting that? You could find a healthy function for that level four, which is the discipline, system, law, as you can find a very healthy function for the, the, the level five, which is about progress and about achievement, the level six about humanity, that um, when we come to that wholesome nature of people, then there's a place in which we can all meet 
and we can celebrate and share the various gifts that we that we bring from whatever level of awareness. But that requires the kind of dialogue, the kind of engagement in respect that Mandela was able to to uh, exemplify and the space that he was able to hold. So I would say that we're looking for what we're looking for in South Africa at the moment is a new quality of leadership that is not based on identifying the enemy, but on identifying a future opportunity that can be shared by all South Africans. We actually need to articulate a, a future potential and the route that we can get there that will appeal to all South Africans, and that's what the Rainbow Nation was all about. And I would say that this new Save South Africa campaign, um, although the focus is really being on saying the present regime has become a major problem to the country's future, if it could take on that idea of establishing a new dialogue, a multidisciplinary, multicultural, multi-ethnic dialogue that is around the kind of future we want to achieve, and then begin to get traction for that through uh, local community participation, I think that is the best opportunity that South Africa could, could have. It could be funded by the business community. I'm sure they would come to the party. Mm. And obviously the civil society movements would go along with that. The churches could go along with that. But it's looking for some iconic figures that people can rally around, rally around at the moment, Alec. So it's looking for something outside of the norm. But just before we close off this week, Nelson Mandela was followed by, um, well, after Thabo Mbeki, by Jacob Zuma, who's who's divisive and and uh, believes in the the politics of hate, I guess, more than love. And you have a very similar situation. You mentioned Barack Obama earlier, who thought it seems a lot like Mandela did, uh, being followed by Donald Trump in the United States, who, who's uh, a lot closer to um, uh, Jacob Zuma than he is certainly to Nelson Mandela. Is there something in, in us human beings or in voters that we want to go down to these, this lowest level? Or, or how do you explain moving from a higher self, as, as those two presidents clearly were, uh, to something lower? Well, this, of course, is a function, Alec, of the, of the global context. Um, we have seen this rise of nationalism around the world. Um, I was just listening the other day to the opening of the Scottish Parliament and how the Scots are wanting to identify themselves as a separate nation more sharply. We see nationalism on the rise in Europe. Uh, and we have seen this reversion back to America first in the United States. Um, when I've considered this, it seems to me that the very value system evolution that we're looking at has a role to play in what appears to be a regression of human consciousness in certain areas. The, the model that we've been working from, from which the global economy is worked from, globalization, has been one that is no, no longer able to, to really address the global challenges that we face, and which are environmental, which are social, which are political, which are economic. Um, all of these issues can't be addressed from the current paradigm of thinking, 
um, because as we discussed in a previous interview, that paradigm of thinking has really been based in reductionism and materialism. And so having, with all of our leaders, leadership in the world, having banged against that ceiling of not being able to get to the le- next level of awareness, um, it is a natural tendency for populations to want to go back to the space that they felt comfortable in. It is, but we can't live there. Uh, it's not going to happen. We, it, it, the, the Brexit thing in, in the United Kingdom is pointing to that. The responses to, to Trump's strategy in the United States is pointing to that. The people are becoming disillusioned with him. We, we're at that place where we need to go through a certain amount of turmoil, to a, through a certain amount of discomfort and pain, so that we can have what is called creative disruption. Um, that it, people come to a realization that the way we play the game and hoping that the old approaches are going to be able to uh, solve the problems, that becomes apparent that it's not going to. And in that creative disruption, it creates the place for new articulate leadership to offer a new narrative, to offer a new vision. And so I would say that the, what appears to be a regression is almost a stepping back it's almost kind of a crouching, making ready for the next leap. And that next leap, I would say, if we see the, the early green shoots all around the world, we can see those emerging. The leaders, the leadership initiatives that are, gonna, that are going to show the new way. My hope is that South Africa can engage in that because South Africa is such a microcosm of the macrocosmic challenges of the world in terms of polity, in terms of diversity, in terms of religions. It's all there. And my hope is South Africa can actually step up to that with some of the initiatives that are happening there right at the moment, Alec.